Lord God, I thank you for your goodness. Um, we see it in so many different ways here in, in this church family. Your, your provision and your protection, even as I hear the rain falling heavily on the roof here, uh, to know that you kept that away from us last night, <laughs> that we could enjoy such a beautiful evening and have people come and, and feel free to walk through and, and, and a chance for your spirit to be able to again speak that truth of the incarnation of Jesus Christ into our world. Lord, we just pray that, um, that the seeds that were sown last night through your spirit are being planted deep in the hearts of people in our community. That that would have a chance to grow and to nurture and to produce fruit that would, uh, that would result in salvation, in receiving your gift of grace into their lives. Um, we just see your, uh, your perfections being lived out around us and, and, and in us in so many different ways, and we give you praise and thanks for that. Uh, Lord, we want our hearts to be changed as well. So as we focus our attention on your word now, we pray that, that your spirit would work in our hearts, that you would continue to, uh, to nurture that uh, faith that is growing within us, that it will come to, to uh, fruit in such a way that we will see um, our lives better reflecting your character in our world and around us today. We thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. The first Advent, um, the first Sunday uh, before uh, the four of uh, the four weeks before Christmas, is as Brad said, hope. We focus on the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. How in His coming to Earth, uh, in His coming as as a, a human, that we have hope in our lives. Hope is a a, a universal de desire that, that all humanity shares. You can, you can see that all around you, that people are looking for something or someone that they can put their hope in. Erwin uh, McManus wrote a book a bunch of years ago called Soul Cravings, and he identified three universal cravings that all humanity have uh, no matter what culture, no matter what setting they come from, that, that all humanity shares these three cravings. A, a craving to belong, a craving for acceptance, uh, a craving for, for purpose, for meaning in our lives, that our, our lives aren't just uh, a, a, a futile exercise, but there's actually things that we are accomplishing in our lives. And then finally, he, he identified it as a craving for destiny. That there is more to our lives than just what we see here. That there is a, a lasting impact. And, and we see that in all the different religions that are, that are in the world today, right? They all have some kind of, of explanation or some kind of description of what life is like after we've walked here on this earth, whether it is uh, uh, an absorption into the, the great oneness of the universe, or, or perhaps that it is uh, 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 
a land of great celebration that they go to, that, that they're able to gather with all of their family and, and, and ancestors. The, all these different ideas of, of what, what destiny, what hope there is in, in human existence that goes beyond just this life. Even for those that, that come from a, a materialistic worldview, an atheist that, that don't believe in supernatural or any of that kind of stuff, even they will try and grasp onto how their lives have a, a, a legacy uh, that, that, their, that their memory will continue on in their children and their, uh, their descendants that will carry that heritage, that legacy that they left behind, that they would be able to do something that will last beyond their days here. Everybody is looking for hope. But hope is only warranted if the the one or the thing that you are putting your hope into actually has any worth or any value. People cling to all different kinds of hope that really turns out to be just smoke in the air, uh, a sifting of sand through your fingers. You can't actually grab onto it because there is no substance. Jesus' advent into the history of humanity, His coming as a babe, brought real, true hope into our existence, into our lives. Something that we can build a, a solid foundation on because of who He is, because of His, uh, of his perfection, of His... Uh, um, excellencies in our lives and in this world. God has always been involved in history. And, and the Scripture gives us accounts of all of the different ways that God has, has been intimately involved in the lives of, of humanity, especially in the lives of His chosen people, Israel. And we've seen how God has interacted, that He's not just some transcendent or absent God who, who kind of got everything going and then has left and just watches from afar, but He has always been actively involved in the lives of His people and in the world today and the, 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 the movement of history throughout, uh, throughout all time and all the past. But with the advent of Jesus... The hope that we are able to have out of that is so f exponentially greater than anything that we have experienced in the past because God has now entered into our existence. He has shown the, the lengths that He is willing to go to in order to establish, to, to restore and redeem relationship with us, His creation. It is, it is an, a, an amazing thing. Uh, we, we see in, in uh, Luke chapter 2, in Simeon's prayer of thanksgiving, Luke chapter 2 and verse 29, as, as Jesus as a baby is brought to the temple, and there's Simeon who has been a, a, a godly man throughout all of his life, has, has received the promise of God, the hope that one day he would see 
Messiah come, God's salvation come to, to this earth. And, and when this baby arrives and it walks into the temple, he recognizes it right away. And in verse 29, we hear his prayer of thanks. Verse 29 of Luke chapter 2 says, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentile and for glory to your people Israel. That we could actually see God is unfathomable. That He would actually become one of us that He would take on all of our frailties, all of our inadequacies, the, 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 the decaying nature of our flesh, that He would wrap Himself in that to endure all of the, the suffering and the ridicule that would go on with that shows what lengths God will go to to restore relationship with us. We see that in, in literature and in stories that are being told in humanity. It is the story of the, the, the general that, that joins the battle at the front lines with his men, puts risk, his life at risk in order to be able to stand with his men against the enemy. It is uh, the king that comes down in the time of, of flooding and turmoil in the life of the people and is there side by side with the people, building the dikes, shoring up the, the protection against, against the flood. It's the, the parent that, that spends uh, their, their efforts in the wee hours of the night working together with their child to try and struggle through the homework that they're not understanding and, and, and embracing that with them to help them through whatever it is. That, that's what God is doing for us. He, he's not just giving us instructions from afar. He has joined in with us to partner with us, to, to rescue us, to go through whatever it takes in order to save us from our sin. The hope that Jesus brings to us in this Advent is, first of all, it is a, a freedom from the penalty of our sin. We, we all walk around, whether we are conscious of it or not, we are all aware of that, that weight of guilt and sin that each one of us carry. It is it's a heavy thing. I, I remember, I think I've told this story once before, but I remember when I was a kid, there was this uh, uh, great big uh, uh, event that was going on that our family went to, and it was one of those kinds of events where the parents would go off to some sessions, and the children would be in, involved in other kinds of things that was geared towards them. And for some reason, believe it or not, it, this was uncharacteristic of me. But for some reason, I just felt like I could be a little snot that night. Uh, I, I was one of those kids that was disruptive, that was talking, that was fooling around, wasn't listening. I, I didn't usually do that. That was uncharacteristic. But for some reason, this night, I just felt like 
this is what I was going to be doing. Partly, I would imagine, because my parents were someplace else and thinking, you know, I got a free, free ride here. Unfortunately, I forgot about my, about my brothers and sisters who were keenly taking notes on all of my bad behavior so that they could rat me out to my parents. And on the way home, I was confronted. And Dad was driving and he was saying, Lauren, what is this that I hear about you doing such and such? And when we get home, we are going to have to deal with this. And so that long ride home, I think we were someplace across town in, in the city, that whole ride home, I'm just dreading getting home. Get home and I beeline for my room. And wouldn't you know, this night, Mom and Dad had made arrangements already to have a couple of friends over and they were going to be practicing some singing, some songs that they were going to be doing the next day. And so they couldn't deal with me right off the bat. They, their friends were already there, so I got into my pajamas so fast, got into bed and fell asleep, <laughs> waiting for the door to open, for Dad to say, okay, Lauren, and it didn't happen. I, I didn't sleep a wink all night because the, the weight of that sin and guilt that was on me just wouldn't let me sleep and dreading getting up in the morning and having to deal with it in the morning. Got up in the morning. Wouldn't you know, Dad had something that he had to do early in the morning and was already gone and it was rushed to get things ready for school, and so had breakfast quick, and then we were off. So it didn't happen then either. And, and then thought, okay, for sure, it's supper time. I'm, I'm in big trouble. And again, something happened. And, and it happened for the next few days. There just was busy, and, and I'm waiting for the hammer to fall, and it just never comes. I, I spent a whole week dreading <laughs> that the consequences of my actions were going to finally come to bear on me. And it was probably the worst punishment my parents could have done on me. It's not actually punish me and just keep me waiting for that. Uh, that's that weight of sin that we are all carrying around with us. We, we have this Damocles sword that is hanging over us, waiting to, to, to come and... and and deal with us, deal with the sin of our lives, the guilt of our lives once and for all. Jesus' advent gives us freedom from that weight. That we no longer have that, that record of sin that is hold, held against us, that is, is holding us on account, but instead it has been washed clean that we now stand in the presence of God pure, unblemished, without any fear of penalty because Christ has paid it all for us. Jesus' advent gives us hope that we no longer have to face that unpayable debt that we have being held against us. Romans 5, uh, verse 1, says it so clearly. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Romans chapter 5. It 
describes for us that judicial cleansing, that judicial freedom that we have in Jesus Christ. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. And it says, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, justified being legally considered innocent, no longer having to deal with the penalty of our sins, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. There's no longer that separation between us and Him. Instead, it has been wiped clean and we have peace. We have connection with Him. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through Him, we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So the hope that we receive from Jesus, first of all, brings us freedom from that penalty of sin. We also have hope in Jesus through His incarnation, through His advent, in that we also know that we inherit eternal life. That, that in this world, in all of the suffering and pain and sorrow that we experience here, it will, be, it will be dealt with once and for all, and we will be free, and we will be able to live throughout all of eternity in the presence of God, experiencing all of His good goodness, all of His gifts, all of His blessing, all of His perfection, and proclaiming to the rest of creation of what an awesome God we serve. That comes, that hope is ours through Jesus' incarnation. Colossians chapter 1. I'm just going to turn over there. Colossians chapter 1 is such a, 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 a powerful description of the character of Jesus Christ. But in verse 27, verse 26 and 27, um, it also describes that hope that we have of glory. The mystery hidden for ages. This is Colossians chapter 1, verse 26. The mystery hid, hid, hidden for ages and for generations, but now is revealed to His saints, to them, to us. God chose to make known how great among the Gentiles are the riches of the glory of this, ministry, of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Because of Christ living in us, because we have received that grace that Roman was talking about, that, that we've received it by faith, we've put our trust in Him, that we now have that hope of being in the glory of God's presence for all of eternity. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him will not perish, but have everlasting 
life. So the hope that we receive from Jesus through His advent is freedom from the penalty of our sin. The hope of inheriting eternal life, living that out in His presence. But also we have that hope that today He is leading and guiding us and empowering us to be able to live a life that is free from sin. That we are no longer bound to living a life that is, that is, is uh, dictated by our sinful nature. But instead, Christ is with us, leading and guiding us every moment of every day to live out His best purpose for us, revealing His character to a world that needs to know the goodness of Jesus Christ. 1 Timothy, 1 Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4, verse 10. For to this end we toil and strive because we have our hope set on the living God who is Savior of all people, especially of those who believe. So our, the life that we live no longer is bound by our sin, but but. In our efforts, in our toiling, in our striving, we are living out the character of Christ because of Him living through us, leading and guiding us. That brings us to uh, the, the motto verse, I don't know, kind of the verse that we have claimed as a church in 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 1. Starting at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus from the dead. To an inheritance that is imperishable, that hope that we have that's held for us in heaven, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are now being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed at the last time. That living hope that we have is, is not just the hope of, of eternal life, but it is a, a guarding, a protecting, and a leading, and a guiding even now, every day in our lives, that we can walk in the presence of Jesus. So where are you putting your hope today? So many voices, so many, uh, so many places where people try and find their hope to deal with the suffering, the, uh, the, the struggle of life. People looking to government, people looking to family, people looking to power, people looking to finances, material goods, all of these things that, that, that that speak to us to say that, that if we pursue these, we will find that hope. We will find that security. We will find rest. I'm here to tell you that your only true foundation of hope is in the coming of Jesus Christ. God Himself taking on human form 
sacrificing himself for us to be able to establish that relationship with us, to set us free from the penalty of our sin, to give us that hope of a life and inheritance, and to lead us and guide us so that every day we have the promise that we can live a life that reflects his purpose, his character in our world today. If you're looking and pursuing a hope in any other person, any other, any other thing, you will be disappointed. Let me encourage you today to once again put your hope in Jesus Christ alone. To trust in His sacrifice, in His coming. To give you all of the promise that you could ever ask for and more. Let's close in prayer. Father, your plan of salvation your plan to to rescue the world through the coming of a little baby one so frail so dependent on others to care and protect to nurture and yet it is through this little child that you have rescued the world that you have changed history for, that you changed the, the, the destiny of humanity for all of human history. We thank you for this little baby. We thank you for the advent of Jesus Christ through whom we now have hope. We have a hope that is that is, that is unassailable, that is incorruptible, that has all of the certainty of eternity behind it. Lord, I pray for each one today that they would, that they would look for their hope in Jesus Christ. Maybe some for the very first time, I pray God that they would discover for themselves that, that in Jesus is their only hope. For the rest of us, that we would, that we would look to Jesus to be our hope for, for the future, that we wouldn't get caught up in all of these other uh, 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 agents of of. of false hope that we would try and pursue, but instead we would keep our eyes fixed on Christ, the, the initiator and the finisher of our faith. And we would then become agents of that hope in a world that is so desperate to find it that we would be able to walk through life with, with such a, a confidence that others would want to know how they could find that hope for themselves. So we thank you for this little baby 
come to us in such a, a gentle way and yet with such power. We thank you. Amen.